Good morning, friends. Good morning. Uh, if you've never joined us before, you might be asking if we change out this stained glass window based on each week's passage. <laughs> You'll have to come back, I suppose, to find out more. We are just kind of at the threshold of a series through July, where we are taking the four seasons of the year, spring, summer, fall, and winter, and we're using them as simply a form or structure in which we can entertain what it is that God might be up to in our own life. For some of us, uh, we might think that our faith journey with God should always look a certain way, like spring, right? And so when we taste different climates of the journey, we might question whether or not I'm doing something I should be doing. And that's what we're going to explore together over the next four weeks together. We're looking today at spring um, and and what that season of life might just reveal about what it means to best cooperate with God, given the activity he's already ushered into my life. So the assumption in the room is that the circumstances of my life, the good stuff, the stuff I'd choose to edit out, perhaps, uh, the stuff I would never wish on anyone else, the assumption is the circumstances of my life are precisely the curriculum I need to deepen my life with God. And it's just a question of how best to cooperate and participate in that curriculum that might either deepen my life with God or potentially arrest it. Okay? We'll talk about backsliding one day. There's no such thing. Spoiler alert. But what we will we'll look at what does it look like to, what is the season kind of, what's characteristic of spring seasons of faith in my journey? You know? And what are ways that I can best behave and cooperate with them? Now, as we start, it might be helpful to think of it this way. All the seasons are occurring simultaneously already in us. But one of them might feel particularly potent for us. And so over the course of these four weeks, you might identify, hey, I recognize and and there's something in me that feels responsive to that item but I don't sense that I live there in my day-to-day. That's okay. We listen for what feels responsive, and we kind of take that into conversation with God back into prayer. Spring seasons. Spring seasons are good seasons. They're like the setting of every good romance novel, I think. Okay? I fell asleep to Pride and Prejudice last night, not in anticipation for this, but there's good spring seasons. Uh, it's a season of joy. It's a season of new life, of new possibilities, of, of, it can feel like limitless opportunities. It can feel this way. It can be anticipatory of, you know, what it is that God's up to just around the corner. Like, I love what we're up to together, I appreciate this route, and I'm excited for where it goes. Something is, is kind of bursting forth. It could be in us, it could be around us. But it feels like life is happening, whether or not 
I'm doing much about it. Life feels like it's happening, whether or not I do much about it. Spring climates. What do we know about spring climates? In springtime, the earth thaws out. In springtime, it rains a whole lot. In spring seasons, the light, it, it seems like the light, be, the light begins to prolong throughout the day. In spring seasons, colors begin to emerge. And these might be metaphorical for what we might recognize in our life with God. They might be metaphorical in the sense of when the earth's thawing out, there might be something in me like the hardness of my heart from last winter. (laughs) Something in me is softening. Perhaps my edges are softening a little bit about something. The earth is thawing out. It's raining a whole lot in a period like this. And the way that Teresa of of Avila talks about it is she talks about kind of four ways that you can water a garden. She talks about kind of like if you're tending a garden, this how do we tend and nurture growth? And she says the first kind of rain, this is just a moment, the first kind of rain is when we go and like hustle and we like take a bucket, a pail probably because she's a thousand years old, and we draw out water from a stream, and we return to the garden, and we water the garden, and it's a lot of effort. And then she talks about a water wheel, like a hydro system, where the work isn't that hard, and you're actually benefiting a whole lot more. She talks about a third type of watering, where you might even like dig a stream or reroute a river to come and feed your crop. And that one can be less work. It can often, in this sense, feel like God is up to much. And in spring seasons, we might relate with this fourth type. And this fourth type is when God just showers you with his goodness. He's, he just showers you with his goodness. And we tend to absorb it and things begin to emerge. And in a spring season like we've had this year, it feels like, hey, things are particularly green for July in Colorado, right? Feels like the season's been prolonged. There's no magic to how long these seasons are. There's no definitive terms to when they transition into whatever is next. All we know is there are moments in my spiritual life with God that he just kind of rains on me. And it feels like I'm just absorbing it. And it seems like stuff is starting to grow, and it's not a ton of effort on my own. It can feel like this. If you're not in that season, you might taste the opposite or something else. And be like, yeah, my season feels like a pail of water that I have to tow across this field or something. But our eyes might sharpen regarding kind of the beauty that's around us. You know, we might pay attention, we might see things for the first time, like we've never seen them before. I think of, well, I think of cutting a cucumber with my boy this week, and then just kind of watching the cucumber sweat at the end of it and thinking, wow, that's spectacular. How have I, like, missed this a lot of the time, you know, as he throws stuff around the kitchen, you know? It's a little bit of what we're, we're talking about, is we begin noticing things that we might not have ever noticed before that are just right in front of us. They've always been right in front of us. And they're just 
proclaiming God's goodness. And we have eyes to see them, perhaps, for the first time. So that's kind of characteristic of spring. We, like, hashtag a lot of of our social media blessed and other things like this. That's what we tend to do. We're like, hashtag, life's awesome. And it can feel like this in a period of that time together. But there's something happening. And this is what I'd love to talk a little bit about, is what we're believing in that moment is different than what we're believing in summer seasons and autumn seasons and winter seasons. What we're believing about God is different. What we believe about ourselves is different, about others and creation. It's all different. And by belief, I don't mean like what's theologically accurate if someone asks. I don't mean that. I mean what we operationally behave according to. Like the decisions and way that I'm acting in life is suggestive that this thing is actually what I believe. And in spring seasons, what we believe about God, self, others, and creation is distinctly different than other seasons. What we believe about God in a season of spring is that he is, is that he's good. We actually believe, like in our bones believe it, right? We believe that God is good. That he had, you know, that, I mean, it's, it's this past, it's, it's when we hear the psalmist say, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you're like, I want some of that fruit. And some of this su- suggests that it doesn't matter what it is. It's a little bit like, ah, you must be good in this. He's likely good in this. He's up to something good in this. God is good. And we believe it in our bones. And what we believe about ourselves just changes. We believe God is good, and we believe that he's particularly good to me. He is good, and he's good to me like he chose me, and we get that sense or feeling. He accepts me. He enjoys me. And what we believe about ourself changes is different in a season of spring. Those, those beliefs, if you will, seem more natural. It seems like that's the stuff that just is happening to come out right now. Just happening to emerge perhaps for the first time. This is how, uh, you've seen one of these. This is called a hymnal. Uh, This is how it's talked about uh, by Wade Robinson. Uh, He says, loved with everlasting love. Amen. Led by grace that love to know, spirit breathing from above, Thou hast taught me it is so. O oh, this full and perfect peace, O oh, this transport all divine, in a love which cannot cease, I am his and he is mine. Like we sang earlier. I am his and he is mine. And it feels all the parts true in this season. What I believe about us together. Like we're doing, we're up to, we are that rom-com. <laughs> of sorts like we are heading somewhere and sometimes it's really comical and sometimes there's a little throwdown. 
What we believe about others is different. What we believe about creation is different. We might find that we have a different tolerance for differences in a season of spring. And we don't know where that exactly came from. I didn't self-generate the tolerance. Like other people's shortcomings <laughs> aren't as difficult to engage in a period like this where, yeah, we tend to not hold the worst expression of someone against them in a season of spring. Where we believe, and this is how Martin Buber, he's a, which is a beautiful name to say, he's this He's this German mystic philosopher. Uh, and he wrote a whole lot about a concept, I, it, I, thou. It's kind of this existential philosophy he, he created. And the whole concept is pretty simple. It's simply, there are, there are times in life where I treat the world like I, I'm holy, because that's clear, and then it, like everyone else has some work to do. I it. And a season of spring recognizes what he calls I thou. And it's when I recognize that God loves me and God loves you. And why would I choose to argue with that? It's when we recognize the divine in the other, the imago day, that image of God in someone else just is a little bit easier to come by. Creation, we, we treat creation differently. These are those moments where, where the rocks proclaim his goodness. And we might bump into that for the first time and be surprised by it. We might watch an insect, this is true, we might watch an insect negotiate the sidewalk on our way to the car and think, I might be the only person in all of time to ever witness that ant. Interesting. Or something like this. I had someone, after we, we tried to experiment of just going out into nature and just noticing things. This was a pastor. He came back from an exercise like this, and he, he had tears in his eyes like he was like, working on something when he was gone. And uh, I said, how was that experience for you? And he said, it was lovely. I watched bees be bees for 30 minutes. And I haven't felt that focused in over a decade. You know, where you're just noticing the thing right in front of you, and you're recognizing the beauty that's already within it and bursting forth. Creation takes on a different component, expression. You might lean against a tree for the first time, well, not for the first time, perhaps, but you might feel it moving in the wind for the first time. You might feel like, oh, that's fun. That's enjoyable. This is how, this is, my dad grew up with a bunch of poets on the shelf. This is how Robert Frost puts this. He says, oh, give us pleasure in the flowers today and give us not to think so far away, like all the stuff that's coming down the way. As the uncertain harvest, keep us here. That's good. Keep us here. We're coming back to that. 
All simply in the springtime of the year, oh, give us pleasure in the orchard white, like nothing else by day, like ghosts by night. And make us happy in these happy bees. The swarm dilating round the perfect trees. It's when the poet in us comes out. And we see something just a fraction deeper for a moment. And we recognize our participation with that thing for just a moment. It's a life where we say thank you. And that's generally how the prayer life goes. The prayer life of someone in spring, when we're in seasons of spring, and this could be an encounter when we first come to know, I think of it as the voice of love is sometimes how I think of it because I don't know how to explain it. That, but it's like, oh, I'm loved. You know that encounter, perhaps? The prayer in that encounter is thank you. It's just thankfulness. It's gratitude. And thankfulness is kind of the banner of prayer for a season like this. Everywhere you look, you're kind of thankful for that thing. I'm thankful for this. I don't know why yet. But it, it's, it, it matters. And that's enough. Um, Mike Shereckhart talks about, uh, and I think he might be referring to moments of spring in this, but he says if, if thank you is the only prayer you ever pray, that should suffice. <laughs> like a recipient to a gift, right? And you're just kind of like, man, how did, how did they know? Thank you again and again. It's kind of characteristic of this season of life. Now, a couple things, and then we'll close and pray. A couple things about if this is true of what God's up to in the activity of your life, how do we best cooperate with it? Okay? Because acceleration is not true, right? We can't, like, get through this thing or to the next thing faster than we ought to. Okay? In a spiritual sense, accelerating the journey is not true. Cooperating or arresting are our only choices. <laughs> I tend to arrest it a lot. So <laughs> I learned a lot of, I know a lot of these points. But a couple thoughts about how best to cooperate, a couple thought, maybe warnings or something, on how we tend to arrest it, at least I do. Um, and I'd love to pray for us as we consider how really to recognize this throughout our week and return to God with that fodder for time together. Uh, three things when it comes to how best to cooperate. These are all R's if you're a note taker. Uh, the first is to receive the rain, his goodness, his affection, his pleasure and delight in who you are. To just receive it and to stay there <laughs> as long as you possibly can. To drink it up, okay? Two is to receive it, is to, is to not move too quickly. Third, you might have guessed it, is to receive it. And so we're, what we're trying to do is not move. And that can be really challenging for us. But the best way to cooperate with a season where God is like, oh, you're welcome, you're welcome, or however this happens, where you're like, my pockets are all full and he's like, there's more, and you start hiding it in new places. In a season like that, receive it. 
because we can, and this might get into some of these warnings, because we can, we can tend to be too quick to leave it. I certainly am. And that work, that thing's coming, you know, we're kind of like, oh, he loves me, and he does, and he, he accepts me, and he does, and he's, he's, he enjoys me, and he does. And then we think, I want everyone else to know that as well, and that is good. That's really good. And that is a season of summer, and we're going to talk about that next week, next week. But it includes works of the faith. But in a season of spring, we sit back, we drink that sweet tea, right? We just consume as much of his goodness as we possibly can. And we say, thank you. Is there more? Thank you. Is there more? Is there more? Is there more? We can tend to kind of transition out of it too quickly. This is the way that Bernard Clairvaux talks about it. He is this 12th century abbot. He's French, so you can imagine it read with a French accent. <laughs> he says, the man who was wise, sign me up for that line. Where does that line start? The man who is wise, therefore, will see his life as more like a reservoir than a canal. The canal simultaneously pours out what it receives. Right? You get that image in your mind? The reservoir retains the water till it's filled, then discharges the overflow without loss to itself. That feels different. Today, this is how he puts it, there are, there are far too many in the church who act like canals. The reservoirs are far too rare. You too must learn to await this fullness before pouring out your gifts. Do not try, this is a good thing, warning, do not try to be more generous than God. You cannot out-generous God. <laughs> okay? So we sit and we receive as long as we possibly can receive until we're so full that the only thing that comes out is excess. As we think about spring and like the daylight prolonging from this deep winter, what we might consider is how we brighten ourselves in a season like this. Where, and this could be true, you might, where you think of that person who's experiencing a spring season and there's something about them. There's something about them. They glow in a certain way. And it might not be because they've been to the coast. It might just be because of what God's up to in them. And there is a attraction to that light. Right? To act like a reservoir, to fill ourselves to the brim before overflowing into other spaces. And allowing the gift of witness to be the glow that he's strengthening in us in that period. Last warning, perhaps. And this is, warnings are, I, I didn't know what to call them, right? This is not a warning in the sense of like, the, the intention of this is not to rob you from desire. Okay? The purpose of a warning is to be able to kind of distinguish desire from an expectation. That's all. So maybe the last thing, and then I'd love to pray for us, 
is that we contend, I contend to, I've done it before, I'll do it again, tend to take credit for all the things that are happening. I can tend to take credit for the way the garden looks. Like I'm the gardener. Like I'm the one who's watering it. And what we can move into is kind of a a point where we think, well, we might think this might be considered spiritual pride or something. Where we might think, hey, look how amazing this is. Take notes. To the world, we can treat it like this. You know? Or we can look at other people who are not in that same season, and we might look at them and be like, you're wrong. You need to be in this one because this season's banging. Like, this season's good. Everything's bursting already. So get rid of that thing that you're going through and experience this. We can tend to treat others this way. I have. I do. Like, that stuff looks really hard. Don't do that. (laughs) Do this other stuff. This is the stuff tastes way better. Okay? We can tend to do that. But what what we desire is what what Christ talks about in terms of the, of the poverty of spirit. Where we didn't, we, didn't ha- we didn't generate this. We just get to enjoy it. And so we get to embrace it and welcome it and celebrate it. And sh- you know? And share it, receiving it as expressive of your love and God's activity in you with the world. Will you pray with me? Holy Trinity, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you are up to in and around us already. We trust you are good. We believe you are good. We ask that in whatever season we're experiencing, we're reminded of your goodness. Lord, I ask that for those of us who consider that our home state today, that we might be conscious of receiving your pleasure and delight, affection in us to its full before looking to offer it to the world. We love you and we trust you. It's in your holy and precious, precious name. Amen.